0: Hey, I'm starting. <laughs> I'm here. I'm the only one who is, so that's fine, um, and that is completely normal. I'm always the only one. We're usually the only one. Um. So here I am in the wee hours of the morning. Why? Hmm. I have a lot of thoughts. So last week I did a live, <laughs> thankfully, and this is what I love about my podcast that you know very few people listen to it. it, it, it. But I also um, being able to speak into the void without uh, the void speaking back sometimes is nice. But also the sense that I mean, it's a way to be publicly private in a way, um, and I love the late night lives. I love, I love late night conversation. There's just something about midnight thoughts that is, it's pretty amazing. Um, so this is streaming consciousness. I had not started starting it. Hello guys. Sorry. If you hear noise, Hey Donald, if you hear noise, it'll be my cats in the background deciding that this is the time to play tag. Um, so like I said, So it's nice to be able to do this because it, it helps me sometimes in ways that nothing else does when my heart is full of something. Last week, it was full. It was so full of just grief. That time it was about the Asian community. Um, tonight it's about Noah Green and William Evans. I have so many thoughts. I'm going to try not to go into a full-on rage, but I understand Noah Green. I understand. It was, it, to call this, the way it's being reported is absolutely ridiculous. It's hilarious to me that, you know, a few thousand people gather at the at the Capitol and put up a scaffold and, you know, threaten to kill everybody that they can <laughs> Um... And it's, and that is a, that is the Capitol attack. Oh no, 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 first it started out when they first started reporting it, they were, it was protests. Um, And then it was a riot. And then finally we got to domestic terrorism and attack. Now we're talking about a guy who drove his compact into, into police officers, into the barrier and attacked officers with a knife, and we're calling that an attack? Please explain to me how that's anything but suicide by cop. Please explain that to me. Please explain to me. You know, people who who live in countries where there's actual terrorism know what an attack looks like. You know, where people are like blowing themselves up. This was a guy who wanted to die. I feel badly that they didn't get him before he took an officer's life. I, cause that's the only like good outcome in that moment. It, cause the guy comes at you with a car, you know, you don't have a lot of choices, <sighs> but I understand him. Because there is like inside of me, there's this, there's a part of me inside that wants to skewer my heart on the spiral of the Capitol. Because this country is, we had five hanging deaths of young people, Four, four, I think one was Latino, of young men of color, but mostly young black men last year after George Floyd. There were suicides, we think, we don't know. They were invested, investigated as suicides. They might turn out to be something else, but do you know what it says for someone to, to do that publicly, to do it that way? It's a statement. And I fear that we're falling apart at the seams. I fear because I know that this trial is really hard on me. I can feel it going on all the time. And I just want it to be over. I just want, you know, Chauvin to get his his, uh, slap on the wrists and the other officers to be, you know, acquitted and be done. Can we stop pretending like we care about this stuff? Anyway. So I feel a lot of empathy for Noah Green. I feel a lot of empathy for the officer and both of their families. It's just a horrible situation. Um, But I'm going to move on from there because I decided I wanna talk tonight about love. You like cats? Yay, I'm glad because mine are awesome awesomely annoying at the moment, but they are pretty cool. They're, they're, I have a ragdoll and I have like a British short hair and Maine Coon mix. So she looks like a little mini, she's six pounds and she looks like a miniature Maine Coon. And those things are huge, right? It's hilarious. So anyway, she thinks she's, she, she's uh, the ragdoll thinks she's the boss of the world. Um. So I did want to talk about love because... I am thinking about it. I I was one of my favorite um, poets. Well, uh, my absolute favorite poet, the the poet of my heart is Edna St. Vincent Millay. She is or was um, a very, you know, um, who's it? Was it Eleanor Roosevelt who said that well-behaved women don't make history. She was a very badly behaved woman Um, and I believe that she wrote one of the best, um, and I'm going to say in the Western world because I think that there are others who surpass her. Um, Rumi is one I think of just like off the top of my head, but in in the Eastern world. But in the Western world, she is the she's written what I consider to be the best um, collection of sonnets about love book of poetry about love um and it's the way i feel about love like for me romance i believe in romance in it with a capital r um like ivan <laughs> and the three musketeers I mean, romance isn't romance with a bo- without a body count i mean just that's just kind of my thinking very um i have a very like elemental way of thinking and looking at love and thinking about it even though as a human being I'm pretty um how to put it let's just say this I did not believe I did I did not understand falling quote in love until I was like 42 years old it, 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 it. I didn't believe in it. I didn't believe I could do it. I believe that most people who said that they were, you know, talked about falling in love had no idea what they were talking about, that mostly they were talking about, you know, it, that it was, uh, you know, what do you call it? Infatuation and ego, you know, and all that stuff, but not anything real or important. Because to me, still in the back of my mind, to me, love is like I'm willing to fight a duel for you, and you're willing to fight one for me. <laughs> um, and I, I didn't understand what people meant by falling in love. I love people very much, just like humanity, just humans. I love humans. I think we're fascinating. They, I love that. I love how unpredictably predictable we are or predictably unpredictable. It's amazing the ways in which we behave. Love it. And I fall in love with people in the sense of just like feeling this connection to them. You know, you'll meet someone and you'll feel this connection. That never ends for me. I, I start if I if that connection gets to a point where I feel like I care about a person, usually I'm gonna love them forever. I've never not, I've never stopped loving anyone. So for me, I thought, I've never been in love, never been tempted to fall in love, never been anywhere near it. I don't think I'm capable of it. And maybe it's because of this little trait of mine where I come to love people who, um, how to put it, who, you know, there are all these other, all these people in the world that I love. And maybe for me, that just means that I'm not going to fall in love with like one person. Maybe I'll have like a sort of surface love for humanity and a deeper love for people that I feel connected to and who are my friends. And, you know, some kind of cooperative partnership love for a a mate, if I ever get married or whatever. But, But the whole falling in love business, I was very confused by until I did it. And then I did it. And it was... It was insane uh, to do so at 42. Um, I, I don't remember deciding to, I remember meeting the person and thinking, this person is all the things on my list, I think. I think he's all the things that I thought I wanted in a partner and he was at the time and you know we're it's for me everything is long distance because you know my life is 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 conducted from my my bedroom for the most part um but he was he was amazing i thought he was really fast fast fascinating as a human etc and he lived way he was way away another country and I had to I had to I I just mentioned my cats um the little one had a brother and when I when I got them she was oh where did I go oh there I am um when I got them I got them at three months old and the brother died. I had to have him put down. And the night that I had to do that, I, you know, a friend took me, had to drive me because I didn't have any money at the time. Had to drive, a friend had to drive me to another city um, where I could get it done for free. And it was like, you know, hours. And I texted him to kind of let him know what was going on. And, you know, we went out to dinner and came home. And when I came home, I realized I'd gotten a message from him. He'd stayed up all night. He'd stayed up till, you know, like 5 a.m. his time because he wanted, he knew I would be upset when I came home and I fell in love, like like a rock. I just went, boom, oh my gosh. And for me, (laughs) thank you. Have a good day, you too. Oh, thank you so much. Um, and I like a rock. So I fell and it was the whole being made a priority and being made a priority in such a way that what's important to me was important to him enough to sacrifice his comfort. And, you know, there were lots of other things. I mean, he was a good guy. And so there were things that made me care about him. So, um, that happened. And then I, and that, but that relationship didn't last because. Uh, I, you know, we're good as friends. We're really good as friends. And the kind of relationship I would want to have with him, I think I could probably only have with him as a friend, probably. Um, so. I still love him, but we're not. Together, but I, the next relationship was some was longer lasting and deeper and more huh, complicated and all that nonsense. And it was awesome for the time that it, it lasted. And after it ended, I thought to myself, okay, do I ever want to do this again? And, I, and the answer was pretty much no. No, 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 I'm good on the whole being in love thing. And now a year after the breakup, I kind of think I would. I liked it. I liked I liked being a dynamic duo. I liked having somewhat having someone in your life who has your back, right? And knowing that they do and knowing you have theirs. And knowing that the things that are important to them you're going to make important to you and vice versa is a wonderful feeling. And for me, it comes with a lot of other stuff too it comes with i mean i don't I, you know romantic comedy in love is like not my ideal my ideal is much more like you know ivanhoe where <laughs> oh gosh how did how did this happen i think if I, I'm, I'm thinking of the movie i can't cuz i can't remember what happened in the book but there's like a mini series not the one with elizabeth taylor but like a mini series with um Kieran Hines, who is the bad guy, he kidnapped this woman. She was a Jewish woman and he'd kidnapped her and put her in a tower because he was in love with her, I think. And then put himself in a position. Um, there was a, a position where, you know, he had to fight this other knight, like a duel. Um, and he basically... Died in order to allow her to be rescued, kind of intentionally. So for me, that's love. <laughs> so I that's what I grew up on. So for me, I'm like, okay, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's a it's an elemental thing, and that is what I love. Oh, yeah, look at me. I'm all smooth tonight. Look at me. You know, floating from one topic to the next. But that's why I love. In Saint Vincent, Millay and her poetry, um, she fell in love with. <laughs> she was married, but she fell in love with a younger poet named George Dillon. And according to Dillon's cousin, or something like that, years, 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 years later, they found he they found um, or he found or the cousin found like a piece of paper in his pocket. Um, and he said that it was a poem. It was written on the back of a telegram and it was given to him by Edna Malay, and that she'd written it the day that they met and um, given it to him. And I'm gonna read it now. This beast that rends me in the sight of all, this love, ah, let me start over. This beast that rends me in the sight of all, this love, this longing, this oblivious thing that has me under as the last leaves fall, will glut, will sicken, will be gone by spring. The wound will heal, the fever will abate, The knotted hurt will slacken in the breast. I shall forget before the flickers, mate, your look that is today my east and west. Unscathed, however, from a claw so deep, though I should love again, I shall not go. Along my body, waking while I sleep, sharp to the kiss, cold to the hand as snow, The scar of this encounter, like a sword, will lie between me and my troubled lord. So, that's the way I like to do love. I don't, uh, just the whole like, warm fuzzy, I love romantic comedies, but that is not my romantic ideal. My romantic ideal is I can't remember if there's a word for it. It there's element it's elemental but it's also sort of primal in a way. But more than that. I don't know how to put it. But anyway, there's there's um it's of all women alive. Olympian gods, I see now. Oh here's one. I dreamed I moved among the Elysian fields, In converse with sweet women, long since dead, And out of blossoms which that meadow yields, I wove a garland for your living head. Danae, that was the vessel for a day of golden Jove I saw, And at her side, whom Jove the bull desired and bore away, Europa stood, And the swan's featherless bride all these were mortal women yet all these above the ground had had a god for guest freely i walked beside them and at ease addressing them by them again addressed and marveled nothing for remembering you wherefore i was among them while i knew well i knew i just so that like idea of loving someone who the memory for whom for you, it's like, yeah, it's just as good as if I was, if I was, uh, if I was one of these women who'd, who'd been one of the women (laughs) of one of the Greek gods. And I just thought, "Mm, I like that. That's like my thing. I feel that. I feel, you know, (laughs) that I'm, (sighs) I believe that I don't believe in comfort i think that's what it is i think that's part of it i think that's just like my nature that i'm not a big huge believer in the idea of comfort comfortableness shall we say um so for me yes i i do find i found tremendous comfort in being loved and in loving people um but when it came down to it, what what it was about for me was the lengths to which I was willing to go for them. Um, the kinds of battles that I was willing to take on for their sakes. Um, and the same for them, for me. So that that I was the ways in which I was willing to inconvenience or discomfort myself in order to be their wing person, to be the person that they trusted, you know? And I find I probably, and you know, I I, I will say that the, you know, the last relationship, whoa. (laughs) Uh, It took it out of me, but I think that I thought it was, and I really thought I was done with love, but I don't think I am anymore. I don't think I feel that way any longer. I feel that I would choose differently. I feel that there are things that matter to me and are important to me now that weren't as important to me then. there are things I overlooked that I would not overlook again. Um, Because I can kind of see now how disastrous even, and that's the fascinating thing about human beings is that someone will show you something about themselves. You'll see it. Right. And you'll think to yourself, it's not really affecting our relationship. I still like them. They still like me. We still enjoy each other's company. This is, this goes for any kind of relationship. We still enjoy each other's company Et cetera, etc, etc, right um, all as well And then something happens which touches on that thing you noticed and you didn't think was that big of a deal and that place gets pushed and suddenly you find yourself in a completely different world. So let me say let me let me let me make an example let me think. well, you know the series that I did, early this year about racism and talking to my white friends about it, I had noticed what I considered to be minor, um, sort of, we're all a little bit, you know, we're all a little bit racist, Um, but I'd noticed like what I considered to be minor unconscious areas of racism, race of mm, that kind of thinking, racial, eh, regressive racial thinking or, or, or flip or, surface or just not something that I could, I could see was like, okay, there's a thing here. This person has a thing. Um, And I would say to myself, "Mm, it doesn't matter that much. It doesn't even touch on our relationship where she treats me well, she treats our other, or they treat, you know, other people well, generally. So I'm not going to address it because that for me, you know, being in mostly white environments for most of my life, what was the point <laughs> of doing that, of like going there with people? It just didn't seem useful. But when I did try to address it with people, inevitably I had Sharon Osbourne conversations, except for one. Um, and I think that's what I did with certain qualities, so there, there are certain things that I was willing to accept in that way, um, certain traits or lack of, in terms of character and ability, et cetera, et cetera, um, that now I, I, I don't want. Like loyalty is super important to me now. It was it was what mattered to me before was that I was loyal. I was less invested. In whether my partner was as loyal as I am, um, and I discovered that makes a difference. That makes a really big difference when you know stuff goes down. So I think nowadays I would be more. Um, that would be that would be one of those things that is super important. Um, I mean, the person that I would be willing to go through—not go through—because to me, love is not a comfortable. This is this is this is hard to talk about because for me, love is not about comfort. It's not about feeling good. It's about there is a person in your life that you that you've met, and you look at them and you think they're a miracle. You think they're amazing. You think that the world should think that they are awesome, right? You think they're awesome. Um, So it's not about like how they, and it is, it's also about how they make me feel. Like, do I feel good when I'm with them? Do I feel good after I leave them? when I think back on our time together, because that's super important. Because there are people in this world who can make you feel really, really good in the moment. And then when you think back, you're like, okay, they sort of did that by making you feel a little bit bad about something in order to build you up. Or they sort of did that by dragging somebody else. You know, it just kind of little things that kind of go, okay, well, maybe, I don't know. So for me, that's like super important, but it is also hugely about, do I want you by on my side in the battle of life? Do I wanna be on your side in the battle of life? Because life is difficult. And are we able to look at those battles and understand the difference between having a hard time in our relationship, and having a hard time in life. Because it's so easy when things go bad, if you're, you're partnered up, and especially if you think your partner isn't going anywhere, to blame them for the bad time that you're having. When really the truth is, is that life is just hard right now. Um, So that's important to me Uh, and I'm gonna read some more because I just, you know, I love her poetry. There's, (laughs) there's this one. These are all from Fatal Interview by Edna St. Vincent Millay. And if you get a chance to, I don't know how you guys feel about uh, biographies, but if you have the opportunity, do read Savage Beauty, by Nancy Milford. It's a story, it's, it's the it's a biography of her life because she had a fascinating life. So, in addition to, you know, this love affair with a younger man while she was married to her husband, it didn't really seem to mind. She talked to him about kissing the other guy. It was interesting. Anyway, think not, think not. Nor for a moment let your mind, wearied with thinking, doze upon the thought that the work's done, and the long day behind, and beauty, since tis paid for, can be bought. If in the moonlight, from their silent bough, suddenly, with precision, speak your name, the nightingale, be not assured that now his wing is limed, and his wild virtue tame. Beauty beyond all feathers that have flown is free. You shall not hood her to your wrist, nor sting her eyes, nor have her for your own in any fashion. Beauty, build and kissed, is not your turtle. Tread her like a dove. She loves you not. She never heard of love. And that is something I think I can say person, my last person, Um, that he was, he was beautiful. He was beautiful. And there was, and I, I kind of think that sometimes we had a conflict because there was this place in me that was just, I could not, I could not, I wanted him to be fully who he was. And I wanted him to feel free in whatever all the ways that he could be because he was to me like this beautiful wild bird um and I think he wanted sometimes the opposite like he wanted me to make demands and want him to wanted him to wanted me to want him to, you know sort of, conform in various ways um his behavior to please me but what pleased me was him being himself so I think we were we had some conflict there but like that is what I think about when I when I think about that but okay so here's like one of my other favorite ones which is again gives you far more insight into my character than you probably want but Now by this moon, before this moon shall wane I shall be dead or I shall be with you. No moral concept can outweigh the pain past rack and wheel this absence puts me through. Faith, honor, pride, endurance, what the tongues of tedious men will say or what the law For which of these do I fill up my lungs with brine and fire at every breath I draw? Time and to spare for patience by and by, time to be cold and time to sleep alone. Let me no more until the hour I die, defraud my innocent senses of their own. Before this moon shall darken, say of me, she's in her grave or where she wants to be. Yeah, my ideas of love are just a little bit dramatic. (laughs) I can't, I can't help it. Oh, Oh, and this is one of my, the others, one of the others That's my favorite. When women have loved before as I love now, at least in lively chronicles of the past, of Irish waters by a Cornish prow, or Trojan waters by a Spartan mast, much to their cost invaded, here and there, hunting the amorous line, skimming the rest. I find some woman bearing as I bear, love like a burning city in the breast. I think, however, that of all alive, I only in such utter, Ancient way do suffer, love? In me alone survive the unregenerate passions of a day when treacherous queens, with death upon the tread, heedless and willful, took their knights to bed. I think she's talking about Guinevere there. So she's like, okay, so if you look up, you know, Helen of Troy, I don't remember which is, is, it, is that Tristan is old? I don't remember. But anyway, but if you look at, you know, if you look at these really old texts about love, etc., there's just all this, like, I'm willing to die. I'm willing to start a war. I'm willing to fight a war for you because I'm in love with you. It's a silly, 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 silly thing. But it's also... Mm, There's something about it, you know, very, it's like, this is how it feels inside your body. When you are in love with someone, it feels like, okay, I will, you know, it's love, bearing love, like a burning city in the breast does not sound comfortable. I know a burning city is quite large, difficult to get into the chest and it all being on fire would also make it uncomfortable. So again, lack of comfort. This is... (laughs) And so this is, so when I read this poem, it was like the first time I thought, oh my gosh, this is me. I feel like that. I feel like I only in such utter ancient way do suffer love. In me alone survive the unregenerate passions of a day when treacherous queens with death upon the tread, heedless and willful, took their nights to bed. Hello, Guinevere and um, Lancelot. I think it was Lancelot, pretty sure. Camelot. Mm-hmm. So right at the table around. Okay, I'm trying to remember the lines from Camelot, because I think it yeah, it was Lancelot. Um so anyway. I'm not gonna go on very much longer. I think I'm gonna stop for right now, but thank you for those who showed up and thank you so much, Donald, for for the for the beautiful engagement. It was very lo- lovely of you. And everybody have a good day, everybody take care, everybody be gentle with yourself a little bit right now, I think, especially for people of color, I mean, when you think about it, you know, good Lord, everybody, every community of color has been hit super, super hard within the last five years or so. Native American community, Standing Rock, and all the other nonsense. The Latino community, all of the nonsense surrounding them, about all the rhetoric about immigration, the Asian community, COVID, and you know, the black community sort of constantly on the fire. As well as the Native American community, because they have also the situations where women are disappearing and and people aren't looking for them. So if you are of color, I think right now is tough. Um, whether you're Black or not, I think this trial is tough. Um, so please do take care of yourself. Please do reach out for resources. Please reach out and, you know, there's, I'll I'll put some things in the description when I post this um, because i'm 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 afraid for us it feels like the country's coming apart at the seams you know um, and i'm afraid for people right now um, so please try to be good to each other and try to take care of yourself and try to take care of those around you It does help sometimes to be there for other people. It helps a lot to try to be there for other people when things are tough on you. Um, But also, you know, make sure to put your own mask on first. Everybody, have a great night, have a great day. I'll see you soon. Streaming consciousness out.